Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Hunter Chisholm, and uh, we have more news today. You know, I kind of hinted at this last night. Sounded like there were some rumblings, but uh, we got another new coach today. This time, defensive line coach. That was yesterday. This is, it's been a long couple of days. I mean, we talked a little bit about the fires yesterday. Um, Just brutal. And I'll just, I guess, repeat what I said before we really dig in here. But heart goes out to all of you. Uh, if, if you've lost your home, if friends, family lost their homes. I mean, this is a Buffalo's podcast. We all know people who are impacted by this. And uh, it just sucks. Like, it's, it's unbelievable that it happened. The fact that we all woke up yesterday thinking it was just a normal December 30th. And then that happened the fire happened and the wind and all it's there just isn't anything that you can say there's no fixing it it just really sucks and uh again thoughts go out to all of you doing what we can oh here's a here's another note um we actually launched a fundraiser shirt dnvr did um, you, you can find it, like, we're posting it from all the DMVR Twitter accounts and all that stuff. I'm sure they're posting on Facebook, too, but I don't spend much time there. Um, the DMVR Locker has it for sure. And here's how it works. All of the proceeds are going to the Boulder something foundation, some, the Marshall Fire Fund, I think is what it's called. Um, and actually, DMVR is matching all of those profits. So last I heard, what? It's a uh, 4:30 now. I think the shirt launched at like 11:30. Um, so like uh, oh 2:42, we'd hit twenty thousand dollars raised, um, which is an awesome amount of money, obviously. And the fact that that happened in three hours, a little less than four hours, something like that, um, it just goes to show how awesome of a community you guys have helped us make. And uh, for those of you who are hearing about it for the first time, it's a great way to uh, show some support. Because, uh, again, the proceeds go to the uh, Marshall Fire Fund, um, and DNVR is matching all of the contributions, which, I mean, just give give help people. Like, this isn't even helping us. In fact, I think it's bad for us. I get, well, I don't know. We don't need to get into the nitty-gritty. I guess, like, PR-wise, it might be worth it. But point is, we want to give our money, and we'll give as much as you give, and... Uh, $20,000 in a few hours. So, again, for those of you who are really hurting, feel so bad about all of that that happened. Um, 
you know, I mentioned yesterday, just because I was doing the podcast during the fire, I mean, the fire was going all day and through the night, and it's, it's what, 4.30 now, like I said, and I just stopped looking at the news and hoped that the snow did what we'd hoped the snow would do. Um, but, I mean, the fire was going on throughout the process. The point is, I was doing the podcast while the fire was burning, and just watching the evacuation lines move, and they got really close to my girlfriend's apartment, actually to right across the street, Luckily, she was fine, her apartment was fine, but there's just so many people who are not in that situation, including Colorado's linebackers coach, Mark Smith. He tweeted yesterday that he lost his house um, and obviously everything that was inside it, and it's just brutal. It's just brutal, and we're doing what we can can at DMVR, and to be honest, like, there's really... I'm I'm proud of everybody contributing and building up the amount of money that we've built up. But, you know, you just think about it. 600 homes or 600 plus homes or whatever the number ended up being. I mean, it's it's still just a drop in the bucket. And there's really obviously just no fixing it. Um, again, just close out all this rambling by saying thoughts go out to all of you who are impacted. And again, I mean, this is a CU Buffs podcast. And there's a lot of people who went to see you and said, you know what, we're not going to pay to live in Boulder because we either don't want to blow that much money or we just can't blow that money anyway. So we're going to move to Louisville and Superior and Broomfield. And again, feel for all of you and your friends and your family. And uh, let's let's talk about some football. Ooh. Here's another piece of personal news about the uh, snow. Uh, you guys may have noticed that there's snow. Um, it's like it's the second time, I think, in Denver. I live in Denver. Um, second time that it snowed this year, which is crazy. Um, but it also means that I've this lingering problem I've been having with uh, my driver's side windshield wiper not working. It was time for me to figure out how to do that. So I woke up bright and early. I woke up at like 7.30 and was like, you know what? I've been planning on this for a few days. We know this winter storm was um, coming. We, we knew that I was going to have to have to make like a quick little trip uh, up to Boulder tonight. And uh, it's going to be snowy. And I'm going to need that windshield wiper. So guess what happened? I, uh, I went. I got my pliers. I twisted this bolt that they said was going to fix it. Twisted it. Didn't fix it. Couldn't untwist it because I did not have the right tools for the job. Went, bought the right tools all by myself. Was able to uh, get that windshield wiper working perfectly. And I am very proud of myself. So I just wanted to flex on that. Um, I'm a little bit happier note. Uh, What? We're six minutes in and still haven't even said the name of the new coach? Seems like uh, not ideal. Might as well just jump in. It's Rod Chance. So, for those of you who don't know who Rod Chance is, and that was me about, what, two and a half hours ago? Uh, Here's who Rod Chance is. Rod Chance is a 37-year-old coach. He has uh, some significant experience, for sure. Um, Let's just start at the beginning. He, He opened his career as a coach for his high school, his alma mater, that was uh, 2009 to 2012. He was there. Um, it was actually right after, I guess, a few years after he ended his career as uh, 
um, uh, cornerback at the University of Rhode Island. He was a four-year starter there. Um, no NFL experience. I mean, again, just repeat, University of Rhode Island. Uh, but like I said, 2009-2012, he's at Alpharetta High School in Georgia. He's coaching defensive backs, wide receivers, and special teams. It's always kind of crazy to like think back. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's how high school coaches work. It is not it is not the same as college football. But uh, from there, 2013, he goes back to Rhode Island, his alma mater. He coaches cornerbacks there. Um, winds up that same season going and being a quality control coach on the offensive side of the ball for Vanderbilt. Uh, then for two years, he's a quality control coach on the other side of the ball, defense um, at, at Vanderbilt. Uh, gets a job at Southern Utah in 2016. And this means, like, it's always weird to see that. I, I know I have a different experience with college football than you guys because I went to the University of Montana and not, you know... Ohio State, for example. Um, but when you go to Ohio State, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy crossed over with Nebraska or Minnesota or wh- whatever. Um, but when you go to Montana and you see like, a Big Sky school there, it's always like, oh, no way. You were in the Big Sky back when I was in college. I definitely like saw you on the sideline and had no idea that our paths would cross again. Um, by the way, Montana-Montana State game, more expensive to get into than either of these college football semifinals today. Um, so just put that in the back of your mind. We do not disrespect the Big Sky. Uh, so again, he coached in the Big Sky at Southern Utah 2016-2017. He was the defensive coordinator there, um, which is obviously like a huge step up um, in terms of role. I'm Vanderbilt to Southern Utah. I mean, we could make a Vanderbilt joke if we wanted to, but we're going we're gonna to be above that today. Um, two years though as defensive coordinator at Southern Utah. From there, he gets a job as the defensive analyst, working primarily with the secondary at Oregon, and that's 2018. Um, he leaves Oregon for a season, goes to Minnesota to coach their cornerbacks, and then the last two years he was back at Oregon coaching their cornerbacks. Uh, so that's kind of like a fun little twist, right? Last two years he's been the defensive backs coach at Oregon. Last two years, Demetrius Martin has been the cornerbacks coach at Colorado. They switched schools. Um, Yeah, Uh, the reason he's not currently with Oregon, I guess this is worth noting, is uh, you'll remember Mario Cristobal left Oregon to go to his alma mater, be the head coach at Miami, and uh, that opened up the head coaching job there. They hired Dan Lanning, the Georgia defensive coordinator, and he said, eh, I'm going to find my own guy. You're free to go wherever. Brings in Demetrius Martin and the Buffs come and get uh, Rod Chance. So there's there's the background on Rod Chance. Um, obviously, he's a 37-year-old. He's a young coach. He has he reminds me a lot of reading through Vic Soto's biography, right? Like, good experience. I don't believe he's ever been fired um, just kind of building and building until this season where there's a head coaching change and mental staff change and Carl Durrell swooped in and uh, brought in the coach. Now, we're going to get later in the show to what the rest of this staff is going to look like. But real quick, I just want to say that right now, Colorado has uh, four defensive coaches under contract. So defensive coordinator Chris Wilson... Uh, inside linebackers coach Mark Smith, who 
has been the inside linebackers coach for a couple years, but was on a multi-year deal. Uh, the defensive line coach, Vic Soodo, who was hired yesterday, and the cornerbacks coach, Rod Chance, uh, who obviously was hired today or was announced today, probably agreed yesterday, but um, four hired, and the NCAA only permits Division One teams to have a head coach and 10 assistants. So that's five assistants on each side of the ball. Right now, there's four hired. Meanwhile, there's two coaches, both whose roles have not been filled, who are currently without contracts. But again, that would make six. Um, Brian Michalowski, the outside linebackers coach, and Brett Maxey, the safeties coach. So both of their contracts expired after the season. They aren't on a deal. We're going to talk about that situation and kind of what the options are later on. But I did want to bring that up now because that is a pretty important piece of this equation, honestly. Um, before we really dig in, though, let's get back to Rod Chance. Um, again, he'd, you like the background, right? If, if you were to say, what, what coach do you want to be your cornerback's coach? I think there's really two things you look at. It's either a, a former NFL cornerbacks coach who's been in the league for a couple decades, but what he's he's 59, he's 60, he's 62, and he's like, ah, you know what? I'm from Colorado. I, I had a good time coaching at Colorado, something like that. And these last couple of years, I want to tone it down a little bit before I retire. Let's uh let's just go back down to Colorado and and work with some old friends there. Um, currently on the staff, I mean. Honestly, Chris Wilson, if if he was five years old or ten years older, he would fit that mold. But but he's kind of in that role. Um, on the current staff, I mean, Darian Hagen is a different path, and but but similar in some ways. But I, I think that that's one of the types of coach that you look for. The other is, oh wow, how is this young coach who has only moved upward throughout his career available right now? I've got to bring him in. Um, and that's what this role is. And I think that's why it's so exciting. I think that what that's very similar to Vic Soto, like I said earlier, another exciting hire yesterday. Uh, you look at the offensive line coach who Carl hired, uh, Kyle Devan, who also comes from a very similar path. Uh, there's, there's a lot to like about how this staff has been built now again the, the first hire of the offseason Mike Sanford was not the most exciting hire I, I understand why and I agree um, but again what he's a he's a offensive coordinator in his 30s he has power five coordinating experience and there's reason to think that his best is in front of him he's worked in a bunch of different systems and I mean you want to talk yourself into him you can talk yourself into him point is you grade that higher however you want. I think the consensus would be somewhere around a C. But these three hires since then, those are all A's to me. I mean, you couldn't ask for much more. Um, and, and, I mean, obviously that is what you want to see, and it's a nice bit of momentum. Um, let's wrap up the uh, Rod Chance stuff. Actually, here, real quick, I've got two quotes. Uh, first from Carl Durrell, Rod comes to us as a coach that can develop our corners and impact our defense right away. He is known as a developer, a strong recruiter, and has the defensive knowledge to help our secondary improve and play at a high level. Um, also, real quick, if there's some loud 
laundry machine sounds behind me. It's probably because of my washing machine. Uh, please excuse that. I'm not. This is a really good mic. It's a really loud washing machine. So hopefully you guys can't hear all that. It's. I don't know what I'm washing in there. It sounds like rocks or something. But um, second quote. This one from Rod Chance. I'm excited and privileged to join such a great staff of good people. I'm looking forward to get right to work and help the foundation that's being built in Boulder. At Vanderbilt, I had the privilege of learning and developing under Coach Durrell and Coach Brett Maxey, CU's secondary coach. Um, He's really the safeties coach. I'm not sure why it said that. And it's exciting to be reuniting with them. I want to thank Coach and Athletic Director Rick George for having the faith in me for this opportunity. Um... Also, final topic here, recruiting. I know that this is a big one, and I do think, I mean, you lose Demetrius Martin, one of your best recruiters. This is a spot where you need to get a good recruiter, right? Because Colorado, again, I think there's some debate as to how the recruiting has worked. Um, I saw some people even saying Demetrius Martin was a disappointment recruiting. It's like, "Ah, I kind of get it, but he's still one of your best recruiters. And just because the... Recruiting has multiple parts, and one of the big parts is scouting and finding talent, and that becomes even more important when you're recruiting at Colorado than when you're recruiting at you know Alabama, because if you give an offer to 50 guys and you're Alabama, you're probably going to get 20 of those guys, right? Maybe even more. Um, so you can just go after the, the really obvious good players. At Colorado, I mean, again, if you, your options are Colorado or Bama, Colorado's going to get like five of those guys out of the 50, maybe. Um, So the scouting element is more important. And the fact that just because the corners that Demetrius Martin weren't always rated super highly doesn't mean that they weren't good. You know, we saw what Nico Reed did last year. We saw what Kayla Moore did. Um, That was a good freshman class of corners. But, you know, 24-7 sports or rivals or ESPN or whatever would say, ah, no, that was not a good group of corners. Um, so there is that caveat. Point is, Demetrius Martin, I think, is one of the best rec- recruiters Colorado had, and losing him obviously really hurts, especially when your team that's finishing in the bottom of the Pac-12 in terms of... I mean, Actually, this year they finished up pretty high in the recruiting rankings, but a lot of that was because they signed so many players. Again, we, we, we see what the numbers say about the recruits, and the numbers say that they don't recruit well. So when you lose one of your best recruiters, got to replace him. I think they did a pretty good job. Again, recruiting to Colorado is different than recruiting to Oregon, for example. You have a lot working in your favor at Oregon, um, a lot more than you have working in your favor at Colorado. So you got to see what translates and what doesn't. Um, but you know, in two seasons at Oregon, he brought in three four-star cornerbacks, that's a, a very solid number. Um, he uh, This cycle was Oregon's fifth best recruiter. Um, one of the coaches with the head coach in front of him, so you count all 11. So five out of 11, that's, I mean, obviously top half, which is solid. And uh, then you remember that it's top half at Oregon, a school that recruits really well, um, potentially the best in the Pac-12, depending on the year. Um, the year before that, he was actually fourth in terms of uh, recruiters at Oregon. And, uh, I mean, 
if you like fifth, you got to love fourth, right? Um, actually, that year, he was uh, the sixth-ranked recruiter in the entire Pac-12. And this is all from 24-7 sports. So that's kind of crazy to think about, right? Only two guys in the Pac-12 make the top six who aren't from Oregon. So you got to consider all... There's a lot at play here. The point is there's some good stuff there. He was also Minnesota's fourth-best recruiter in the one year he was the cornerback's coach there. Um, so solid track record and... I mean, it doesn't hurt to be a young coach, so we'll see what that looks like going forward. Um, first player is going to recruit Christian Gonzalez. Uh, Christian Gonzalez entered the transfer portal when Demetrius Martin left. Um, I th- odds are the Buffs aren't going to be able to bring him back. Right? It seems like a, a long shot for sure, but it's not impossible. Um, just because you go in the transfer portal doesn't mean that you leave and you know that the Buffs are going to make that call. You know that uh, Rod Chance is, is going to get on the phone and say, hey, come give me a shot. And again, don't get your hopes up, but it is a possibility. Um, and we'll see how that goes. Real quick, Sexy Pizza is the best pizza in Denver. Um, it's really good stuff. Uh, if, if you haven't heard of it, here's what it is. It's a, uh, it's a staple of the Denver community. It's been around here for 13 years. Uh, obviously super local. They've got locations in Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, Park Hill. They've got a new location coming in Trinidad pretty soon. Um, it's good pizza. It's Colorado pizza. And, uh, I mean, it's hand tossed deck oven pizza made from scratch each morning dough. Um, you can obviously choose all sorts of different toppings. Uh, you can also pick one of their philanthropies. The way that that works is that a portion of every sale from those five specialty pies is donated to a different nonprofit. So they all design theirs and they say, okay, here you go. And they get a cut whenever somebody buys their pizza. Um, if you're also looking for somebody to, to help support your nonprofit or work an event or whatever, Reach out to Sexy Pizza. Website is www.sexy.pizza. Just go to their about page and look at the donations link and see if they can support you somehow. Um, Three different sizes. They've got all the different sides with wings, salads, knots, pasta, desserts. Um, They've got vegan options. They've got gluten-free crust. It's great stuff. And again, just go to www.sexy.pizza. They'll get you all set up. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. It's an official sports betting partner of the NFL, of the NBA. And if you're a new user, they've got an awesome special coming up this weekend. Um, New Year's weekend. I should... Happy New Year's, guys. I forgot about that part. Okay. um, Here's how it works. You bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you get... $200 in free bets. It's a steal of a deal. Don't miss out on it. And uh, even if you're not a new user, there's something for you. They've got the same game parlays. 
uh, where you get to combine multiple bets from the same game and get a bigger payout. And the more legs you add, the more money you win. Um, it's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR and bet just $5 on any NFL team. Win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code DMVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Um, also feels like the right time for me to add. Hopefully you guys got in on the DraftKings pick of the week. Uh, Bama to win by at least 14 points. Just even odds, and they just won by 21. You know why? Because they're Alabama and they were playing freaking Cincinnati. What would <laughs> what else would have happened in that game? Um, I made some money. Hopefully you guys made some money too. DraftKings Sportsbook, it's incredible. It's football season. And you know what that means? It means we're going for two here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time for you to join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using the code DNVR at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. It's three and out the window with all other trimmers. Now go tame that wildcat offense. Uh, the Performance Package 4.0 for Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and a key for a great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. Hate that guy. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 is here to take your defense to the next level. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multi function on off switch, which can engage a travel lock too. And it gives you the ability to turn on the 4000K LED spotlight when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Rain, snow, or sleet, no match for the water power, or waterproof power of the 4.0. There's no 15-yard penalty for this clipping. Uh, the package also comes with the Weed Whacker, an elite nose and ear hair trimmer that's also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This trimmer also has proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Uh, after trimming your football, show them some love with Manscaped's liquid formulations. The Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner are here to take your balls game to the next level. Balls game, like ball game. Uh, we have an exclusive offer for our audience. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DNVR at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code DNVR at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code DNVR. Can't say I'm not doing that last part. We, there were enough innuendos in there all right um wrapping things up want to talk about what this staff looks like going forward i mentioned that numbers crunch before and here's here's what it looks like what it looks like is the buffs are going to have to choose between brett maxey and brian michaelowski um the reason is like i said you're only allowed to have 10 assistants and currently colorado has four those two or uh, four on the defensive side and those two both have seen their contracts expire. So it would seem like you're going to go five on offense, five on defense, as basically every team does. And that means that one of these two is gone. I do think it's notable that uh, in the, the above quote, uh, Chance uh, Rod Chance mentioned being back with Brett Maxey. 
doesn't necessarily mean that for sure Brett Maxey is back, like, at all. That's not uh, Rod Chance's decision to make, obviously. But, you know, that, that little note there is something that catches your eye, right? Uh, I think maybe the, the thing that catches your eye even more is that he's hired as a cornerbacks coach. Um, some teams do cornerbacks coach and safeties coach. Some teams just do one defensive backs coach. And if they do that, then maybe they have defensive ends and defensive tackles coaches or however you want to make it work. I think that uh, the fact that they hired a cornerbacks coach means that Brett Maxey's probably coming back as safeties coach unless there's another plan at safeties coach. I, I, I don't see a world where they hire him as cornerbacks coach and then say, hey, actually, you're going to do both. Um, I guess there is the small chance. Uh, remember, Chris Wilson was the defensive line coach the last two years, but he's now coaching a position to be determined, was what the press release said, um, because they hired Vic Soto to coach the defensive line. Um, you could move Chris Wilson to the safeties coach, and Brett Maxey's out, and then Brian Michalowski fills the outside linebacker spot where he's been for the last three seasons. This would be his fourth. Um, that's possible. Obviously, Chris Wilson has coached so long on the defensive side of the ball at, I mean, the highest levels. I mean, he has a Super Bowl ring uh, from when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and he was the defensive line coach with, you know, Fletcher Cox and Chris Long and all those guys. Uh, Brandon Graham, I think, was part of that group. Who it doesn't matter. The uh, point is, if he needed to coach the safeties, I think he'd be just fine coaching the safeties. It is worth noting, though, he's only coached the defensive line his entire career, except for two separate seasons back in the 90s when he coached uh, outside linebackers. Again, that kind of point to Brett Maxey being back and Michael Lowski being gone, just because there is some experience there. I don't think he needs to coach a position where he has experience. I thought inside linebackers would make a lot of sense, especially considering Mark Smith, the current inside linebackers coach, coached the defensive backs at Al or Arkansas, very different than Alabama. Big mistake there. Uh, at Arkansas, though, in 2018 and 2019. So that change would kind of make sense. You keep everybody else intact. Now that you do have a cornerbacks coach, Rod Chance, obviously you're not moving Mark Smith to cornerbacks coach. That kind of creates that numbers crunch. Um, it does, I think, look like Brian Michalowski's probably gone. Um, I'm sure they would offer him a you know, analyst position or quality control position or whatever they want to call it. Um, I, I think that he probably would have a better opportunity than that. Um, again, he's what? Uh, I think he's 34 now. I think he turned 34 and he has three years of experience at the power five level as a position coach. Uh, he's a good recruiter. He brought in Jason Harris. He's consistently ranked highly according to the experts on all this stuff. Um, he turned Carson Wells into what Carson Wells is. Um, he got the most out of Davion Taylor, turned him into, what was he, a third-round draft pick? Um, that was his work, and that's kind of that, that hybrid position is really what is probably his specialty, I think would be fair, but point is, he's a good coach, and you hope that uh, they find a way to keep him around somehow. Again, this is just what I read from the situation, but it does look like he's kind of the odd man out the way that this defense is shaping up. Um, well, real quick, we'll touch on the offense, and then we'll get into my crazy scenario 
that I think would be a lot of fun. Um, offensively, right now, you obviously have Mike Sanford signed on. He's your new offensive coordinator. You have Kyle Devan. He just signed on as your offensive line coach. And you have Brian Cook, who signed a multi-year deal. Uh, he's now going into the second and final year of his deal as your tight ends coach. And uh, that means, again, you have offensive coordinator, offensive line, tight ends filled out. Still need running back, quarterback, wide receivers. Darian Hagan has been a coach for Colorado for 17 years. He's survived five coaching changes. He's worked under six different full-time head coaches. He brings so much to the table, he's not going anywhere. Um, they, I am can say with 99 point whatever confidence that Darian Hagan will continue to be the running backs coach going forward. Um, so I'm not worried about that. The other coach that coached last year for Colorado on the offensive side of the ball, but isn't currently under contract. Well, obviously there's Darren Cheverini, but he will not be back. Um, it's Danny Langsdorf though, quarterbacks coach the last two years. Um, I think two years ago, you have to love the work he did with Sam Neuer and all the success that that offense had. Um, this year, Again, we've, we've talked about this a couple times, but it's a tough evaluation, right? Obviously, the cornerback or the quarterbacks really struggled for Colorado this season, and that is not a good look for the quarterbacks coach. At the same time, the only two scholarship quarterbacks who were healthy were both freshmen, and the one who played did get better throughout the season, and so that works in his favor a bit. I don't know what the internal feeling is about Danny Langsdorf, I know that he's one of the more experienced coaches on this staff, especially now that we've seen, you know, Vic Soto get hired, Rod Chance get hired, um, Kyle Devan get hired, even Mike Sanford get hired. Um, you know, having somebody in the room who has coached, I mean, has coordinated two different offenses uh, at the Power Five level, that helps, right? It's a it's a good voice to have around, probably. Um, again, there's pros, there's cons. While I think that Darian Hagen is a guarantee to be back, Danny Langsdorf, probably 50-50, I think would be fair. Um, so, again, assuming Darian Hagen is back, you've got your quarterback's coach, your wide receiver's coach positions to be filled. Quarterback's coach, I mean, here's, Mike Sanford is going to coach one of those. We know that, and he's coached both before. Um, a lot of offensive coordinators want to work with the quarterbacks, too. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Um, so again, probably most likely is Langsdorf back at quarterbacks coach and Sanford at wide receivers coach. Um, that's probably most likely. Second most likely is Sanford at quarterbacks coach hire somebody as wide receivers coach. Um, third most likely is Sanford at receivers coach hire somebody at quarterbacks coach. And then the final option, and this is my drastic who, I mean, what the hell type of scenario is this? But you have Sanford coach the quarterbacks. You have Carl Durrell coach the receivers. And it'd be really weird to have a head coach serve as a position coach as well. I don't know if that's happening anywhere in college football right now. And I'm not going to look through the Wikipedia of every head coach right now. It's just not going to happen. Um, it, it's very unlikely. But 
he doesn't call plays, so he has a little bit more time on his hands. Um, maybe you have somebody else also work with them. I'm not sure exactly how that'd work. Um, it'd be a commitment to go in there every day and coach the wide receivers, obviously. Like that's and that's hours and hours every day that a head coach probably just doesn't have. At the same time though, Carl Durrell likely coaching for his job. Um, you know, he probably needs Oh, this is a whole nother conversation. I, I don't think he gets fired after next year if they struggle. I'll say that, and I could be wrong. Um, if I say four or five wins, you're probably safe. Five wins, you're almost definitely safe. Four wins, I think, is a question mark. Three wins, I think you got to make the move. Um, but even with four, I think there's a lot of disappointment, and he's just on a super hot seat going into, what would that be? That'd be year four of a five-year deal. Um, and I could be wrong about where that turning point is. But the point is, he needs to turn things around here either next year or maybe he'll have a chance the year after. He was one of the best wide receivers coaches in the NFL. He turned Devontae Parker, his breakout with the Dolphins. I mean, that was the year that Carl Durrell made that happen. Um, he coached the first pair of receivers to both hit 1,000 yards in a season. Uh, that was Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey with the Broncos in the 90s. I th- was that early 2000s? I think it was 90s. Um, but that was Carl Durrell. There's there's all sorts of those things that you look at and say, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. You're kidding. Like Robbie Anderson. Remember when he had that incredible season with the Jets just out of nowhere? That was Carl Durrell. Um, so, again, the, around the league, he's known as one of the best wide receivers coaches out there. Maybe he does just say, you know what? I'm going to turn these receivers. I'm going to turn Brendan Rice into the best receiver in the Pac-12, and I'm just going to spend all day doing it. Again, I don't think he has that kind of time on his hands, but if you were to do that, then you only have four assistant coaches on the offensive side of the ball. You could throw six on the defensive side of the ball and say, Brett Max, you're back as safeties coach. Brian Michalowski, you're back as outside linebackers coach. Chris Wilson... You're going to be the defensive coordinator. You're also going to be the special teams coordinator. The Buffs haven't really had one. And I think actually their special teams were pretty solid last season. But there were a couple of plays where you're like, oh, no, not this. And there's a couple of just Just some mistakes. And maybe if you say Chris Wilson, instead of focusing on the defensive line, you clean up these special teams too. That might be, I don't know. I think it's, it's your dream scenario, right? Because you're kind of maximizing all of the talents that you have around you, uh, you're you're. I love the idea of Carl Durrell getting hands on with the receivers. I just don't know if that's possible. I love Chris Wilson also coordinating that defense or, or that special teams. Worth noting, he was uh, the defensive ends coach and special teams coordinator at Oklahoma, 2007 to 2009. So he does have experience there as well. Um, Hey, it's a crazy plan, but it, why not? Why not? Um, again, we talked through what's probably most likely. The signs point toward Brian Michalowski having to move on or be moved to a different role, and who knows? I, maybe, maybe the Buffs are willing to spend a bunch of money to keep him on as an analyst and say we have so many good young coaches. We're going to have a spot open up next year We're because somebody's going to want to move on, whatever. Um, it's good to have the cupboards full. You know, Bama has the cupboards full. Georgia does too. Everybody who gets fired 
wants to go be an analyst there for one year so that they can the next year go back to being a position coach at some other power five school and, you know head coaches who get fired they they want to go be a coordinator at bama for a year because then they'll get another head coaching job a year later um some of them take the analyst job and wind up court whatever there's so many different paths if they can keep brian michaelowski on as an analyst or something oh that would be just so huge um because it's just even more talent in the room right and that's something that Carl talked about. We've mentioned this a lot. Uh, he went on a little bit of a tirade, honestly. And, you know, I, Carl's an interesting guy. And I don't need to sit here and play therapist. Not today. There's a long off season where we'll do that. Um, but it was a bit of a tirade when he was asked about hiring coaches and young guys and old guys. Are you pulling from the college ranks? Are you pulling from the NFL? And basically what he said was, well, the story he told was I think it was the 2006 season that UCLA went to the Rose Bowl when he was the head coach. And back then you were only allowed nine assistants. That was until 2017, I think, or 2018. One of those years they moved it up to 10. Um, but six of his nine assistants went to the NFL the next year. And they were big names. Uh, Tom Cable, who I think right after that, pretty quickly after that, was the Raiders head coach. Didn't go well, obviously, but got to be a good coach to get that opportunity. Jay Norvell was on that staff. There were a bunch of guys on that staff who've moved on to do some really great things. Um, the point is, though, they all left, and Carl said, the next year we stunk because we just didn't have enough talent on the coaching staff. Now, again, you'd like to think that you move those guys onto the next level like that. You're getting the cream of the crop in the next year. But, you know, if you miss or whatever, I mean, it's just like recruiting. The Buffs almost had uh, that Justice Finkley, the great edge rusher. And if they happened, well, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, these edge rushers are going to be incredible going forward. Instead, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you got Devin Grant. You got some, hopefully, hopefully Brian Michalowski or whoever can coach him up a bit. Um, maybe there were some situations like that hiring that staff, whatever. And, you know, the, the line that everybody heard and was rightfully shredded was when he said, I, I hire really good coaches and not to be arrogant, but it's something I take pride in. I put a lot of time into it and I think I hire really good coaches. Again, it was shortly after the Mitch Rodrigue fiasco. There's Darren Cheverini, which I don't think he had much say in. And I mean, there's excuses for anything, right? And with Mitch Rodrigue, you can say, well, you're trying to find an offensive line coach. One of the toughest position coaches to fill with a good one and one where it's very obvious if you don't have a good one. You know, for as much as we love Darian Hagan, sometimes running backs are either just good and have vision or don't. And there isn't all that much that the running backs coach can do. And I, I mean, you can get better form and pass protection and do, do, do things like that and watch film and whatever. But with the offensive line, there's so much technique. And if it doesn't work, I mean, we saw how obvious it was when it doesn't work. Um, and so when you're late having to hire that guy, it's a tough situation. There aren't a lot of good ones out there. Whatever, you can make those excuses. With Darren Cheverini, you can say, eh, he wasn't necessarily told that he had to have him, but he was pretty close to told that he was going to be the OC for two years um, or a year or whatever um, when he first came in because he was building that staff late, whatever. But again, that line caught a lot of flack. And again, rightfully so, because you're coming off and firing two really bad coaches. 
I feel bad saying that about Chev, but I mean, we saw what we saw. He really struggled last year at that, that offense. Um, yeah. Point is you, you pulled in a bunch of these young coaches, the guys who you're worried about leaving for the next level. And he said, I want college guys who want to be in college because I mean, those are the guys we can get to stick around if we're successful, basically. Um, and you bring in what Vic Soto's 34. Uh, I think Mike Sanford's like 38 or 39, your OC. Uh, you bring in today Rod Chance, who's 37. Um, Kyle Devan is he's in his mid 30s somewhere. He got hired so long ago, I haven't written the age recently. But I mean, with all those guys, you're likely to have somebody move up to the next level or get opportunities or whatever. Having Brian Michalowski in that back pocket would feel really nice. Again, he's probably going to have a better opportunity. But because you're hiring these young guys, I don't think they're all that expensive either. And I do think that the Buffs were very willing to spend more than the six hundred grand a year that they were paying Darren Cheverini. But, I mean, although we have not seen the numbers yet, Mike Sanford, the new offensive coordinator, was making, I think, six hundred and ninety grand a year from Minnesota and was fired from that job. You would think you're probably not getting a raise to come to Colorado. Again, I don't know what his options were or anything like that, but you get fired, you're making six ninety. Six fifty? Maybe even six hundred. Who knows? Um and, and if you are saving more money there than you anticipated Maybe you do get to just push that and say, "Hey, we've got two hundred grand sitting around. Let's let's give Bama wages to our analyst or quality controller, whatever we call him." I don't know. I don't know. Um, I feel like that's probably enough rambling, right? We done for today. Uh, happy New Year. That's gonna be fun, right? People love to blame the year for things. Personally, I. I don't. I think this might be the worst holiday. I know people don't really like my pains of holidays, but this is one that just seems like a lot of work. It's like okay, time to time to go drink a lot, and, and it's like, well, do we have to do it the same night everybody else is? Because then it's just really expensive and not fun. I'm not. I don't like when the calendar makes me do things. I guess that's what it comes down to. And this is another one that just feels like, ugh. I've got my Madden League draft tomorrow morning. I just. I don't know. Put some dumb glasses on me, I guess. Why not? Um, have, have a happy new year, though. Not to end this on too much of a downer note. Um, but, yeah, happy new year to all those of you who are experiencing what you're experiencing with this fire. Uh, feel for you. And, again, yeah, I guess with the shirts. Buy a shirt. We'll donate. I still haven't bought any. I'm going to load up. I'm going to buy some for the whole family because because it goes to a good cause so um yeah it sucks it just sucks but all you can do is like build it back better right kind of you are where you are at this point and it just sucks it just really sucks um yeah we'll end on that sad note uh, thinking about all of you, hoping everybody has places to go and all those sorts of things. We'll be back soon to talk more buffs. Basketball game on Monday. 
There's a basketball game on Monday. That's going to be fun. Hopefully it doesn't get canceled, but fun, right? We'll uh we'll talk then. Bye.